everybody, and welcome to another episode of Magic with Zuby. My name is Zuby, and if you're brand new to this show, the show is all about a little well-known card game called Magic the Gathering. On today's show, we have another special guest. We have none other than Justin, a.k.a. Therix6. Therix6? Six? I, I know I'm... It's Therix6. Six. I think that's how you say it. I'm terrible at pronouncing names. And I'm so sorry, Justin, if you're listening to this. But we had him on, and uh, we talked about... Uh, Magic. We talked about arena cosmetics, uh, content creation. We also talked a lot about psychology as well, too, which I really enjoyed that talk on it. And um, really kind of it, it's it's really interesting learning like what people are going for school and what they're going to do for jobs and work and just how that all sort of works out. And um, I hope you all enjoy that little talk, too, because a lot of these conversations, you know, we talk a lot about magic, but I also like diving deeper into people and finding out who they really are and kind of what makes them tick. And I I'll be honest, I wish we had more time to talk. I feel like we were on for almost two hours and I feel like that wasn't enough. I felt like I could have gone for at least another hour or two, but he had to go. He did have a cutoff time and I I kind of want to bring him back to uh, talk more about God, just there's so much more I want to I want to talk to him about that. I feel like we didn't scratch the surface on, you know, more magic stuff, more about him um, and all that stuff. So hope you all really enjoyed it. Uh, before we get in there, uh, let me get some announcements out of the way. Uh, this show can be found on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, TuneIn Radio and Spotify. And um, I also just submitted the podcast for the Amazon Prime Um thing amazon prime is doing some podcast submission and i submitted the podcast on there so hopefully it gets there so if you want to listen on amazon prime on alexa you can so that'll be cool and uh so uh what else oh if you want to reach out to me you can find me on twitter at magic with Zuby, on instagram at magic underscore with underscore Zuby, and you can email me with any questions you may have at mtgzuby at gmail.com feels like i haven't done an episode in forever i did an episode last week where i yeah, I did do an episode last week. Whew. It, it like it, it's weird. The days now are going by so fast, yet feels so long ago. Like the previous day. I, I don't even know. Time's all messed up right now for me. Um uh so I've got two other little announcements or two little commercials, and then we will get on with the interview. And please welcome Justin to the show. Well, hey there, Zoe. Why the long face there, chum? I just want to order some magic cards, but the shipping was too expensive. Too expensive? Well, did you know if you go to LegitMTG.com, you can order any magic cards, and anything over $2 or more has free shipping. Wow, free shipping's at LegitMTG.com. That's amazing. You heard that right, Zoe. Free shipping at LegitMTG.com with any order over $2 or more. Be sure to visit today and get the best deal on Magic Singles and Magic Sealed product available. Wow, that's amazing! And that is how you beat the latest standard meta with Abzan. Ugh, it feels like there's no magic content out there for someone like me. Someone who doesn't want to be competitive. Someone who is... Who is... Anormie? Yeah, exactly! Anormie! Well, have I got the show for you, the all-new Magic Phenomy show. Hi, I'm Pixie. And I'm Zuby. Together, we host the all-new Magic, Magic for, for Normies. Normies. It is the Magic the Gathering show for all your normie needs. 
we don't care what deck got into the top eight or what deck is winning, we care about having fun playing magic. That's right, Pixie. You can watch us on Pixie's Twitch channel at twitch.tv slash pixiekittenplays and catch the VOD on our YouTube channel, Pixie Kitten Plays. If audio is your thing, you can find episodes on the Magic Wazubi RSS feed. Do-do-do-do-do. Magic for normies. All right, Zuby here, and I have with me Justin, a.k.a. Therixix, <laughs> a Magic the Gathering content creator and streamer. Uh, how's it going tonight? It's going quite well. Finished up uh, some classes earlier today, did some work for that, and then, of course, uh, recorded two videos. Ooh, nice. What'd you record? Uh, recorded a brawl, a brawl video that I usually use... Uh, I, I use my viewers in them. I don't usually battle my viewers because I, I get better variety uh, and more fun decks with them. Uh, and then oh, yeah. uh, I recorded a video for my second channel, uh, which is about what wizards could be doing better in terms of cosmetics. Cosmetics regarding arena? Yes. What What else do you think they could be doing better? Uh, I, I think pretty much every aspect of cosmetics is what they could be doing better. Um, the card backs are fine. Uh, however, I do think it would be better if, um, just just generally speaking, there were more of them. Uh, for some, obviously, a lot of them do have extra like border treatments and things like that. Yeah. But some of them are just like card art on on the card back. So like yeah. for some like for the main art of sets, it's like you know just chop it in there. Uh, and then their their implementation of avatars is is horribly. Poor. It when we like the fact that we don't have the Theros gods. As ever, right? it makes no sense. Yeah. Oh, you make a good point with that. I didn't even think of that because it's. I feel like when you're saying that, I feel like there should be more avatars when you think about it. Like each, if they want to make more, you know, stupid microtransactions, each set should come out with like five, five avatars. Because because they did something like that when Guilds of Ravnica came out. They had the avatars for the ten guilds and the or was it War of the Spark? It was one of the Ravnica it was, sets. It was the. Uh, it, it was for each of the, the normal Ravnica sets, and they did, but they also didn't. And what I mean by that is, for example, we have Vraska, mm -hmm. but we don't have Izoni. We have uh, Vanifar, but we don't have... Uh... Zagana or something? Or... Yeah, Zagana. Like, we have, like, half of what we could otherwise have, and when the avatars are just cropped card art... Because right? that's all they are, is essentially it's just like, it's the character taken out of the, the background of the art. Yeah. It makes so little sense that they're not including more of these. Because it's a way for them to just, it's just it's just gem deposit, right? They don't, they don't even have to uh, offer gold things for this, but they can have bundles. Um, like, they could literally just have the um, the new Theros bundle, right? That includes all mm -hmm. five of the Planeswalkers, plus Athreos and uh, Clothis. And then you could even have, like, during that system of Theros being on Arena, you can then just, like, take the old art of the gods, like the original 15-whatever uh, gods from yeah. the OG Theros block, bring them here and say, all right, we have the, the main five, and then you could even split it up, the allied five uh, other gods and the enemy five other gods, and you could have these as a bunch Heck of bundles. Yeah. Like, Heck it, yeah. it, just, it just doesn't make sense that they're choosing to focus on getting their money through events and through through card like card pack sales, like they could lower the price of the packs and of events and everything, and still be relatively um, 
they're not nothing. They would make more money if they focus on cosmetics because that's what every other uh, online CCG does. Like if yeah. you look at something like Runeterra, uh, there are a ton of cosmetics in that game, and they keep coming out with cosmetics every once in a while. And you know, there's just there's some some, jet, uh, some riot coins or whatever they're yeah. called. I have no idea. But you know, it, just every set, if if Wizards is bringing out a bunch of cosmetics options every set, and they make them worthwhile, people are going to buy them. And if, if also if they make it like easier for, for people to use multiple, uh, then people have more reason to. So right now you have to set an, a main avatar, whereas in um, uh, in some other games you can just have avatars as uh, avatars for each deck. And if oh, you can set that's a card cool. Back like that, like why not? Oh yeah. Avatar? Like I for I I prefer just to use the Eternal Zombie. That's just my favorite mm-hmm. uh, avatar. But if I were able to in the deck options just set you know vanifar or, or whoever uh, then i would be more inclined to use all of the avatars i've collected which i've collected all of them because i like them yeah um but i would i would be more inclined to use those because instead of you know just having that while i'm building the deck i have to remember oh i'm about to record a video with this angel deck i need to make sure i change to sarah or uh or aurelia or aurelia there we go um and it's just it's you know it's not a ton of clicks or anything, but when you when you have so many, especially as we see the game go on, um, yeah, and more characters are getting popular and people are starting yeah. to like their favorite characters. Yeah, who wouldn't want avatars like that? It's that that makes a lot of sense. That's um, is if I had to take a guess at what I spend my money the most on, um, in terms of what I spend on gems, it'd be the mastery pass. And then usually about 50 packs for when a set first comes out. And that's about it. You know, there, there are times where they have the, the land bundles or something like that. It's like, I want those, obviously, so I'll buy some gems for it. But other than that, it's... I think the only other time I even bought, like, avatars or card backs was the Nicol Bolas one um, and whatever else. But, yeah, I'd definitely be down for buying more avatars and stuff like that because that... You're right. It's I don't play a lot of events on Arena. I don't know how typical that is for a lot of casual players and all that. I'd have to assume most players probably just play the free ladder or the or the free play queue and all that. And really only the hardcore people play the, you know, more of the events and all that. So that makes a lot of sense. That's good. And I would, I would be inclined to agree with that assessment uh, that I, I'm relatively certain that most people don't play the um the events and it's not necessarily and i'm talking about like the the events that are always on like the yeah constructed events and, and all that and i i think that some of the reason for that is like often the entries are high enough that the casual player who's who's not really putting a, a ton of money into the game uh, except for every once in a while they're they're not going to want to uh you know save their gold save their gems or whatever in order to get into an event where if they just lose they they like get they wasted their money yeah Exactly. But if Wizards is making money hand over fist in other areas, in cosmetic areas, then it allows for them to um, improve the play experience for everyone, right? Especially considering, um, as like as Wales, like I spend a ton of money on Arena, but that's because it's my job. Uh, it's For what it's worth, it's like a part-time job, but still. Yeah. Um, <laughs> j- justified in my mind, it's fine. Um, <laughs> I'm a whale, but I don't want to buy like a bunch of I, I don't want to spend my money on cards. I want to earn my cards, and I want to play with my decks. I want to make my decks look awesome, and that's where wizards can can you know uh, throw the harpoon at me, as it were. 
and what it means is that if I'm over here spending a ton of money on cosmetics, if, if you know all the people like me are spending a ton of money on cosmetics, then your casual player who is just you know playing every other day when they can for an hour or something like that, yeah, they can spend their their twenty dollars a month uh, in order to buy uh, the couple of cosmetics options that they want, um, and then they can spend the rest of that money on getting the cards they want at a slightly cheaper price. Um, because Wizards doesn't have to worry about that player, right? That player essentially is, pl is playing for free on the dime of the people who are uh, paying a ton of money for the awesome cosmetics, right? Do, and, do you feel that... Want, oh, sorry. Go on. I, what I would want as, as a player is I want to play with a ton of people. Mm -hmm. I'm fine essentially subsidizing that by spending a ton of money on cosmetics because I have the ability to, right? And I, like, yeah. I would want to be able to go into like a a historic brawl uh or, or historic brawl event even um whenever i want and snap like that people are there uh, and i think and I show think your flashy decks that, and all that yeah, and exactly i think a way just like we do that, on paper you know yeah is is having the the entry fees and the reward structure uh for the events be more generous uh, especially for the the, the front load, like have them front loaded a little bit more um and then have Frankly, have the cards cost less and have a way to turn wild cards into other things, like into other tiers of wild cards. <laughs> Even if it's not like yeah. equitable, like just have like it costs four commons to make an uncommon, it costs three uncommons to make a rare, it costs two rares to make a mythic, and then like on the way down, it, it's not as good, right? But that's oh, that's I'd fine. love that. Yeah, you know, allow people allow people to to do that, especially if you know a newer player. Um, you know, let's say that they're they're not interested in any of the mythics, um, and instead they want to make like two rares or, or four uncommons or whatever the conversion rate for mythics to to that level is. Right? It would be it would be better for them. And Wizards isn't like losing out on a ton of money if that's not where they're putting their their gains there. Like Legends of Runeterra, yeah. for example, is I I have spent no, no money on cards. I think mm -hmm. um, they. I mean, for what it's worth, they also have. Um, like a really cool like level up system uh, that's kind of similar to the mastery pass but in my opinion they do it better yeah um but they uh, they just have a ton of cosmetic options i've spent a de decent amount of money on just the cosmetic options because they're varied and i can for the most part choose them by deck um but like i have like a full set of cards on Runeterra. a new set just came out i have enough uh gems or crafting crafting materials to make probably the entire set um, and and that's something that Rune Terror devs have have clearly stated, and that's another thing that I think Rune Terror does uh, better than Magic is that the devs are incredibly open and clear with the community, uh, and Wizards needs more of that. <laughs> yeah, um, for sure. But like, uh, they they say essentially uh, at Riot, the the devs of uh, Legend of Terror, for those who may not know, um, they have said that their goal is by the end of um, by the end of like a set cycle they're hoping that everyone has all of the cards that they want, if not all of the cards from that set. Because they, they know and they say that the way they make their money is with the cosmetics. Yeah, and that, that makes a lot of sense. Do you feel that Wizards is trying to treat this, especially a lot of the the events, the, the payments of it all, they're trying to treat it too much like Magic Online? In terms I think of the... not only are they trying to make it too much like Magic Online, I think they're also trying to make it too much like Paper Magic. I think the way that things are uh, priced in terms of events and stuff um, and just cards in general, it, it feels like it's not a ton of money or anything. 
but it, it does feel like it's it, they're trying to say like this is a true magic experience when it like technically that's one of the ways they advertise the arena it's like oh it's, it's real magic but online and it looks nice but it's, it's not right the the card packs are not 15 card packs no um the the experience is not the same i cannot trade my uh my spark double for your uh command command the dread order or anything like that yeah um i i can't do that i can't um sell my cards in order to get new cards right there's not even a transfer of wild cards um so i feel like they're they're treating the economy um of what they're getting as online or or uh or tabletop or or paper whatever they call it um but what they're giving isn't like equitable so I, i feel like i feel like they need to really modify the way they look at arena as like this is entirely distinct from both paper and magic online. Do do you see them even doing that? Like like realistically, do you see them doing that? Because it's it, it's all nice that you know we have all these wishes and wants, but we've you know we know their track record with previous programs. I mean, we we all remember Magic Duels where they all just suddenly stopped supporting it. I mean, I hated duels. Because I couldn't, I couldn't play real magic, right? Well, yeah, you yeah. Four, you can have four commons, three uncommons, like one rare, or, or two rares, or and like and one mythic. Like, yeah, I hated that. I, I like that's not how I want to play in my games. <laughs> but but um, but but they made no mention that they were gonna just all of a sudden stop supporting it, and it was just one day they were like, like, oh hey, we're we're done with this now. A- after how many people spent money on it, and you know, because that's always been a fear of mine with Arena that one day they're just gonna be like, oh nope, we're done. You know. So for what it's worth, I, I don't think they're ever going to abandon Arena. I, I do think that Arena is uh, one of, if not the best ways to play Magic remotely. Um, mm-hmm. I, I still play uh, webcam games. Um, I hate Magic Online because of the interface. Uh, it, it just yeah. a barrier of entry. I, I'm sure if I spent the like week or so for me to actually like get used to it and get used to, for what it's worth, there's a little bit extra because it's I so slow. Yeah, but it's, yeah, it's like, so slow. It's, it's just not a nice thing to look at or anything like that. Yeah, um, I know. So I, I think Wizards at least recognizes that Arena is fantastic in terms mm-hmm. of allowing people to play remotely. Oh, yeah. The issue is when you when you look at what Magic is as a game and then you look at how it's been implemented in online situations, it is always never nearly as good as the game itself is, right? Magic, in my opinion, is like the best card game ever made. One of the best games ever made. Uh, yeah. Obviously, it has a bunch of issues, lands and stuff, whatever. And, you know, obviously, there have issues with individual cards or even individual sets being too or not enough uh, or not powerful enough. But generally speaking, I think the, the core of what is Magic, I think, is one of the best games. Mm-hmm. But when you look at the other companies that are making online card games invariably uh, they they just look better they look at least at the uh, at least at the level of the card game that is that is like underlying it so I mean you look at Hearthstone uh, I, I mean I stopped playing Hearthstone a long time ago yeah um, so did I. I I do know a, a decent number of uh, magic creators still play it from time to time but it, if nothing else it looks amazing Mm-hmm. Um, and it it at least matches like the the clients at least excuse me matches 
the the quality of the game. And I I won't talk too much about the game. I left it for a reason, obviously. <laughs> um, but at the very least, it has game pieces. No, and then you look at uh, Lesser Runeterra, which is is my new hotness. And it, is that worth it, trying out? Lesser Runeterra is a fantastic. It's absolutely fantastic. I I've um, heard from many people, even um one of my coworkers who's not into card games at all, like n- would never touch Magic, picked up Legends of Runeterra and has been begging me to try it. Do so you think it's worth trying out? It has it has limitations uh, that I don't love. Uh, for example, there's there's a uh, set amount of cards that you can have on board at once. Um, I'm I'm never really a fan of those just because I'm I'm used to Magic where you can have as many card pieces as you can. But um, uh, other than that, and a couple of weird deck building restrictions, uh, the reason I say Runeterra is actually worth getting into is because it it very much is a free to play uh, friendly game. Uh, okay, you, cool. You can just play the game. And an- another thing that magic is missing uh, and i didn't talk about this in my in my uh upcoming cosmetics video uh because it's not cosmetics is that there's a ton of ways to just like play the game by yourself like they have uh they have currently uh trial type things where they like teach you the ropes of certain card uh, card yeah so i really do like the uh the method of teaching new players um but then you, you can just like play against ai decks but the ai isn't like awful like sparky <laughs> yeah he's just a punching bag like sparky pretty not much playing with real decks you know sparky is playing with the new player decks i think and for what it's yeah. worth it makes sense if you're if you have a new player who only has access to garbage cards because you refuse to give them a good collection right if that's if that's what your new players are getting they have to have that but what that means is that your franchise players have no reason to actually play against uh the ai yeah right on room terra i can reasonably test decks against the ai because although the AI obviously isn't like as good as a, another player, I'm playing against competent decks that are put together with the goal of winning in mind. Right? These these are decks that aren't just you know uh, singletons uh, that are commons, and I think technically theirs is like common, rare, and then champion. Um, but uh, they're not just like the worst cards. These are like played decks, and they're they're coherent strategy. Um, so it, there's there's one that is a, an aggressive deck. Uh, that is a few cards away from being like a deck that other like humans play. Mm-hmm. Um, there's there's just a bunch of variety in these decks, and they keep updating them with each new expansion. So uh, we just we literally today just got a new expansion. Nice. And uh, they they are adding in a couple new um, a couple new AI decks, and it's fun to play against those because they actually they they try to win. Sparky. Uh, you could you could do nothing for so long and still yeah. just win against it, but it's not a good way to test decks. Whereas on Rotera, you you can and you can test against a variety of decks because it's not just five beginner decks; it's a bunch of actual uh, reasonable decks. Does Runeterra have any single player options like Hearthstone does with the adventures and all that? Because that is one thing I really like about Hearthstone that they did playing the single player adventures, and you got to build a deck to try to counter the AI, something like that. It doesn't, but I, I would say it doesn't yet. It okay. definitely seems like something that Runeterra uh, will do, and it's something that I think Magic should do. Um, oh, yeah. that, that was one of my favorite things with Magic Duels, um, playing yeah. the single-player campaign story, where, right? yeah, you had little yeah. story, like you'd play a little story of the set, like going through Amonkhet and Outward Devastation. That was fun. I mean, yeah, it was easy to beat, but hey, there, were, like when you had to go up against Nicol Bolas, that could be tough, you know, yeah. depending well, on your draws. Like, they could do that, 
in magic because right now we have this we have this complication of how the heck are we telling the story like no yeah like there was a time where like everyone cared about the story and like mark rosar was saying like we have more people engaged in the story than ever and then it just crashed and you yeah. can do on arena like uh we're going to what zendikar you could have yeah. a, a story of zendikar told through through like ai battles or challenges or whatever and you can either provide players with specific decks or let players make decks but you could even constrict it to it has to just be from this block or just the block and that'd um, be fun as hell exactly yeah. people would, would love that yeah it would let people stay engaged with the story um for what it's worth you if you wanted to you could charge an entry fee or something um but once again that wouldn't be as bad if one they had rewards which they should and two the rest of the the rest of the economy of actually getting the cards was lower then people wouldn't care as much uh that you have some other like entry event things like that All right but um for for runeterra it's not, it's something that they don't have yet uh but do I, you see I them getting that, that? Yeah. I, I i assume they will especially considering like um the world of runeterra is is vast and it has a bunch of stories just like, just like magic um, yeah but and 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 that's the um sorry that's the League of Legends one right yeah I, okay I okay never played League of Legends I've never okay. touched that game I've never I used to play it so much long time ago God it was I, did, I saw <laughs> like on on just YouTube or something I saw trailers of it and I was like yo this world seems really cool and so like I got into it and I love looking at uh, on Runeterra you every single card you can zoom in on the art so you have the full art the entire screen of the game is that art Ooh. Nice. And it has a little blurb. It could be a quote from the character. It could be a quote talking about the character. It could just be a little like story blurb of of the place this person comes from. And that's for every single card. And obviously, magic nice. has flavor text. Yeah, yeah. But like, you can't you can't just like you can't take away the the card and just show the immaculate art because that's another thing I love about about magic is that it has fantastic art. It's so good. Mm -hmm. And you could theoretically just have you don't even have to add like the blurbs or whatever. But the the ability to just look at and admire the art as as it is uh, would be great. Uh, Runeterra does have uh, some some special events, so they have like the draft type experience, um, which I'm never I I don't play in Magic very often anyway, so I have a bunch of tokens for that on Runeterra yeah. that I just haven't used. Um, and then there is uh, there are labs and gauntlets. So gauntlets are. Um, you bring your own deck, but they kind of change the rules up a little. So there's singleton gauntlets, um, and then the labs are just like really weird things. Um, they're, they're very similar to like when we have Momir Vig or, or whatever, similar to like that, yeah. um, where they they give you a deck, uh, or you get to choose from several decks, and then you you play based on these wacky rules. Um, but yeah, it, it's def it's definitely worth, if nothing else, checking out. No, I'll give it a I'll give it a shot. I mean, check it out. Um, but one thing I want to ask you, so. You know, you make a lot of good points here, especially about Magic and comparing it to, like, Runeterra, Hearthstone, and whatever other card games are out there. Gwent. I mean, I don't even... Are people still playing Gwent? Um, I don't know. Technically, yes. I mean, I've, I've played a ton of card games in my life. Yeah. If, if you know what these are, cool. Uh, <laughs> died, and I'm so sad about it. Um, it died for Godfall, and I swear if Godfall is not a good game, I'm going to be, like, legitimately upset. I absolutely love Duelist. Um, it was like a pixel art kind of thing. It was pretty okay. cool. Um, uh, spell, spell something. I have no <laughs> I idea. Spell chart or something. I can't remember the name of this. Uh, and I've, Spellweaver, that's what it is. Uh, okay. Spellweaver, I've, I've played OG Gwent, uh, and then I 
I left because they changed, like they went to two fields and like they changed how weather works. And that was sad because that was my main deck. Uh, yeah. Like they, they changed that. But I do, I do know a lot of people play it. Uh, I still play um, uh, the Elder Scrolls Legends. That Oh, I forgot all about that. Like dying. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I'm still playing. I like the Legend, the, the uh, Elder Scrolls uh, games. I played a little bit of Faria. Um, I've I've played Yu-Gi-Oh and Pokemon. Like I've I've yeah. played I've played a ton of card games. And oh, sure I love the Pokemon online client. That's oh. freaking great. That's there's, how... there's another one that I that I haven't played in a couple. Does Dragon Ball months. Super have an online client yet? Because I played I, that. I no, I have no idea. Because I played uh, I that card game. If, I played that card game a few times, and it's kind like the best way. It's kind of similar to Pokemon, but uh, you know, Dragon Ball characters. Um, it was pretty fun, but um, no, well, no. So my question was more leaning towards. So, do you think it, you know Watsy's excuse for not having a lot of this stuff is because of Paper Magic and how they still don't want to like take away from paper magic sales and i mean the, the only thing you can even really redeem with paper magic onto arena are planeswalker decks some you know pre-release kits or do you think they're trying to do that fine line of not making magic arena too great you know, you know like they could make it better obviously especially with economy and you know everything else that you mentioned but they're kind of not wanting to take away from the paper do you feel like they're trying to do that or what are your thoughts on that I I'm not sure, but what what I had to, like I, I had this like epiphany the other uh, the other week when I went to my local game store with a mask. Don't worry, um, <laughs> is that like I spend like all my time on the internet. So to me, like the magic scene really is like arena focused. But there were people there who didn't know who Merchant was, who Noxious was, right? Like the biggest names in Magic Arena, um, and they just like didn't know. Or they, they like really didn't care all that much about uh, arena at all, right? So it, I was I was kind of baffled by that. I was like, "Whoa, these people don't know like the biggest the biggest names uh, yeah. on the internet front." So like, even if Wizards is worried about that, I, I don't think it's a concern that they should have, right? The people who are, who are loving physical magic are probably going to continue loving physical magic, and if they link the two more. It would just it would be better for them the fact the fact that you are correct in that there's like no way to really get equitable uh shares in terms of uh, uh stuff that you have physically and then stuff you have digitally makes no sense to me and honestly for that i think it's more of a we don't want to piss off the magic online because yeah. if they started doing like um pack codes uh, for arena even if it's not like full on you get the contents of this pack especially since that might be difficult to implement i don't know if it would be packs or allocated whatever but even if it's just like you bought this pack, you get 50 gems on arena, right? Or, or, or uh, uh, let's say like 250 gold. Like for, so for every in, in real life pack that you get, you get essentially um, one fourth or, or a third or whatever uh, of a pack online by getting some, some gold. Yeah. Um, that would be really nice. And it would mean that people who are buying packs can have something on arena even if it's not the exact same. Um, and it's it's so that like people on Arena aren't going to be like, well, I have Arena, I'm never going to buy packs again. Um, like, and it could give LGSs a way to give away Arena codes too. Yeah. You know, for people doing FNM whenever that starts back up again and um, just little events like that. 
Yeah, I, I my hope is that that's not the reason. My hope, honestly, is that it is um, uh, corporate greed, high stupidity. Yeah, essentially. Yeah. Um, my my hope is that some people are just you know kind of overbearing the the wizards team and the arena team specifically and just like yeah don't worry about making any of this look good because enough people are already like spending the money like we're getting our investment yeah. back so um, we don't need to improve anything um we obviously we don't have real competition the people who like magic are playing magic and that's that's my fear so pretty that's much treat it like magic online like don't bother <laughs> making it better don't bother improving it which yeah i could definitely see that it's yeah but, but that's that's my hope and my fear uh, it's my hope because it means that it's probably the easiest thing uh, to change if... I mean, that's the thing, right? Like, it's not even that, like, if Wizards grows, grows some go, uh, gonads and just stands up and says, hey, we know what our, our player base wants. This is not going to hurt your bottom line. Maybe it will for the for the right now because we're going to increase costs, but we'll see that we're going to reap the, the same benefits we have now and then some uh, if we actually look better than the competition. Because right now... Arena looks good for a Magic client, mm -hmm. but it does not look better than the competition. And nope. in, because I think that Magic the game is better than all of the other card games, the client should be better than all of the other clients. right? And it just doesn't right now. I, I think that Wizards just is like, eh, we, we don't need to. And the fact the fact that we're not, we're not in beta anymore and there are still key features just missing is phenomenal like what key features there's no mobile oh yeah well they said that's coming later this year apparently and they've got four months left <laughs> or less Lightning than four Runeterra. months yeah Lightning Runeterra has not been around as long uh and it has a not only a functional mobile client a fantastic mobile client that i use on my phone um it Ooh. has it has chat features uh that were like their not on launch but it was there quickly um yeah, and we just got chat this year, yeah, <laughs> and it's been and it, two years. It's also like not great in my opinion. I don't, I don't like how it looks. Essentially, a lot of the UI, in my opinion, doesn't look like Magic. It feels very much generic. Um, yeah, it feels. Kind of it feels like college level uh, UI. Like they took somebody out of college and said, "Here you go, design the UI." Because I was in the. Uh, the original closed beta when you, all you could play was Merfolk versus Pirates, and that Same. was it. And, um... You... I mean, yeah, the UI has definitely gotten better. It's evolved, but overall it still kind of looks the same. It's, yeah. um... Not... I mean, yeah, there, there's been differences. There's been upgrades, but it's... Yeah, I, I thought it would be better. It's... I, I don't want it to look like Hearthstone, because, you know, that has its own sort of art style and all that. But, I don't know, Hearthstone just flows better. You know, like like yeah. the way you go from menu to menu and just the stuff just looks good. Right? Yeah. Magic just feels... Yeah, the presentation of it, the Magic Arena just feels very stale. You know? Yeah. It, it feels... I feel like it doesn't have the, the soul of what Magic is. Like Yeah, it, it, feel, it already feels outdated. Art. Yeah. I bring this back to the magic art. Like magic art is so crisp and clean, mm -hmm. and there, there's so much magic uh, iconography. There, there's so much um, inherent like uh, visual information in magic uh, as a uh, as an IP that they're just not using in uh, in the creation of the the UI. Like 
it, it like this what i mean by this essentially is like it does not look like i would see this ui in any plane of magic right like i'm not yeah. getting the sense of this is a a, a multiverse where like there's there are aspects of all of these different planes here you know this the the way the buttons look are based on the hedrons of zendikar the way the uh, yeah. the playboy look is is based on um the the, the nyx or something like that right yeah because um, going back to hearthstone is it looks like you are in a tavern like yeah, as soon as you launch a box yeah. for gameplay in a tavern yeah like that's that's the type of thing i i mean um and like they can pull from from magic's uh, iconic history and provide a bit more like life into into the client and make it look a little better. Obviously, like that would be that would be very difficult. That's the one that I I care like the least about. Yeah, because I think that undertaking would be very hard to make sure that like it feels like magic, but also doesn't feel like an overwhelming mess. Yeah, yeah, because that that would take a lot of time and resources as well to even get any of that done. Yeah, it's just, it, there's, it, it, it feels like Wizards has kind of decided that the the core of the client and the core of the economy, they're not going to care about it. And I think yeah. that the client needs work. Um, I mean, the, the way that the deck builder still operates, like, I thought we were getting a major deck builder overhaul, and it seems like, yeah. it seems like we're not. It seems like we're stuck with what we have and they're just going to keep getting like tiny improvements. I thought we were getting an entire overhaul. Yeah, I mean, it's better filters we've gotten, but it's... They're not perfect filters. Yeah, like, no. I still have do things I can do on like Scryfall. Obviously, it's different, but still, yeah. like the, the filter system is not great. Uh, one of the things that I have the biggest issue with is um, if I am looking for uh, multicolored cards, for example, if I do like... If I just do green... It'll mm -hmm. show me, like, all of the multicolored cards with green in it. But if I do, like, what is it? Um, oh, if I do green, black, red, it'll only show me the green, black, and red cards. It won't show me the green, black cards, the black, red cards, the green, red cards. Um, oh, I guess I never paid attention to that. Yeah, th there are technically ways you can do that um, using search terms and stuff, which yeah. it's great that they finally showed that in client instead of being like, oh, by the way, here are some search terms you can use and just hit that in a form <laughs> post that yeah. no one uses. I, I, I have no idea how many people actually use the arena forum, but I, I assume it's not. Probably um, not many. But, like, it seems like that and then the economy, they just are like, yeah, this is fine. Like, we're, we're officially out of beta, even though it doesn't seem... Like, like what was what was the main transition from from uh, beta to not beta? Like, what was the release? Like, what, what changed? What made it a final product? Was it... You know? Did it officially come out of beta last year? Was it I, last? I think so. I can't remember like, now because because there can't. wasn't. You're right. There wasn't a big transition. Like all of a sudden, hey, we're we're not in beta anymore. But not only that, it's like not only there was there not like a big like hubbub about it, but there wasn't anything to go with it. It's like this is what it looked like in beta, and wow, now it's like this in in uh, in open in full release. Uh, we have all of these new features that have been polished uh, from yeah. the beta that were finally. I don't think there was any of that. Yeah. Yeah. It, it makes no sense, and then like, then for the economy, it's just like, uh, yeah, people are people are buying, so we're just not going to change it, even though pretty much they really should be focusing on on cosmetics. Yeah, they not, not I just agree for with that. like me, like I want more, like give me more cosmetics. Like I would absolutely love to have, um, like Soren, for example, as an avatar. Um, Heck yeah, Soren has a lot of people been would in, been in uh, a set here, and the thing is, Soren 
an avatar for Sorin is in the game files. So is an avatar for Ashiok in the game files. Oh, really? We, yeah, the Ashiok one is from when we had that uh, weird Ashiok versus Elspeth thing with the, the pre-made decks that include... Oh, uh, yeah, like Black, Black Lotus. Lotus. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, I remember um, that. that. That's from there. We got the Elspeth. Don't have Ashiok. I don't remember we, oh, where the, uh, wow, the Sorin is from. But Sorin, like, Sorin as an Avatar is in the game files. Like, what are they waiting it, for? I, I don't I don't know. Well, Z- Zendikar? Because is, Zendik- is he going to show up back on Zendikar? Well, no, he's more Innistrad. Because um, no, Nahiri, Nahiri is showing we, we up. We know who's going to be on Zendikar. I, I think it's uh, Nissa, Nahiri, and Jace. I think those are the three walkers on Zendikar. What the heck is Jace doing back there? I mean, I, I know they already spoiled the Jace Planeswalker as of today. But it's yeah. like, w- why is Jace there? Well, well, actually, you're right. Who the hell knows? Because the whole story is a freaking yeah. mess. I mean, yeah. Do, do, they, can, they can put that in the game. Like, do you remember what happened in Ikoria? Like, when it comes to the story? Because apparently, from what I've heard, they came out with the story, and then what happened in the actual cards was completely different. Because <laughs> I haven't read the book yet, but I've heard. I, I don't. I don't even know what story's like the actual real one. Apparently, yeah. And, and then the Eldraine supposedly no Eldraine had a story come out and I heard that was pretty decent. Never read it. Um, yeah, apparently Garrick is cured and he's looking after the Rowan twins. And apparently Battlebond isn't canon, which I didn't know, but whatever. What? Battlebond was yeah, one of my thought, favorite sets. I love that plane. That was no, great. Apparently, apparently, the the Ro- the Kenrith twins sparked in Eldraine. So I, I was super confused about that. I, I okay. thought they had already been sparked, but apparently Garrick is their their sensei in in planeswalking. So maybe battle bonds in the future, maybe or I, I, who, I don't who know knows what's going on with it. But like, but yeah, it's 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 weird about the whole story thing and the fact. And, that and we didn't even get a Theros story. I was so mad about that because Theros has been one of my story. What like oh like a one page paragraph of hey this yeah. is like Elspeth escapes from the underworld the end. No, this is salty. Creates a planeswalker, which is fine. A lot of people were super upset about that. Um, and then Heliod loses. Oh, and Erebos is happy about it. Oh, see, you know way more than I did, and I'm just like, yeah, that that I was so mad about that because that was the one plane I was looking forward to coming back to because I love Theros because I love all that Greek mythology, and then we just got nothing. Got I was. We Whatever. even have. There's also card backs in the in the uh, in the game files. Uh, for for what it's worth, they don't look as polished as some of the other ones. Um, so like, there's a damnation one. Uh, and real quick, I have to get on my soapbox. Why do we get Wrath of God for the white blue decks, but the black control decks don't get damnation? They're the same card. The damnation art, because because we have the Wrath of God art from yeah. the uh, the invocations. Mm-hmm. The damnation art. Has bolus on it. Omnicat is about yeah, bolus. You're right, because every time I try to make like a black control deck or, or anything, it's what we have. We now have languish. Ooh, you know, which is the best of them in my opinion. Why? Why can't they at least give us crux of fate? You know, destroy all dragons, destroy all non dragons. Like I would take that if they don't want to give us damnation, give us a five mana blow up. I mean, they, they gave us um, our devastation, which is which is decent, especially for a bolus deck. Um, yeah, but but, but it's not black. Well, right, but also, <laughs> uh, like, I've heard some people say, "Well, Wrath of God is a white card," but it's like not. Like, what white green control deck are you seeing? What what white? Uh, I mean, I guess white black would be fine, but they already had Kai's Wrath, uh, yeah. which is essentially the same thing. But like, what what uh, 
white red deck are you seeing that isn't like land <laughs> destruction anyway uh it, it's like yeah not, it's from the blue much. white control decks yeah and then blue white or esper white, yeah it's nothing it, it's it's so just it's it's annoying uh but that's, oh no! That's I, oh no! No, I'm right there with you, man. Because it's because I love playing Grixis Control. Grixis yeah. Control is one of my favorite, you know, kind of decks to build in arena. And yeah, you're like board wipe. I mean, yeah, Hour Devastation is a great addition to it now. But other than that, what be, before Languish even came out, it was ritual soot garbage. Oh yeah, the ritual soot. Event is okay. Uh, they just it misses things. Yeah, Extinction Event is probably your best bet yeah. I, i'm inclined for to go with uh, language because uh it it tends to uh not leave things around uh, yeah. in the map where it matters but um yeah so it just it just makes it, it, it makes me a little sad uh because it seems like it's just like a board of people who are just like hey you don't need to change anything and i'm really hoping that wizards is like we know what we're doing like we we make you money hasbro we are your your gods like they they're like beholden to a company that uh is only doing great because of magic I, there are technically other things with my little pony but still um yeah i think they, it's my little pony monopoly and magic are like their biggest money makers i think and, for, and for has yeah. oh and transformers um, that's right transformers yeah, still a big thing for them i Probably they had a, uh, a surge during the the whole uh, Michael Bay stuff, but uh, oh yeah 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 that's right I forgot about those movies. But besides uh, that, um, like like it's it's magic, and and yeah. it feels like these <laughs> I'm a terrible person. It feels like these are cowards who refuse to acknowledge that Wizards of the Coast knows what people want. I would be willing to bet that some of the disgusting power we've seen recently isn't just wizards making blunders i'm oh yeah people people like higher ups have said you need to push these cards they need to be stronger because people have to buy them but what they don't realize is that's not what people want (laughs) no i mean that's a little conspiratorial but well i just had an episode about that talking about like all the recent standard bannings and i've been playing standard since 2012 2013 um and like the past three years since 2017 has been like the absolute worst three years of standard yeah have there been good decks have there been fun decks and all that stuff but overall we've never seen this many banned cards before and the the bannings are just getting out of control and the power level is getting out of control and it's i i don't know it could it be their new playtest design, their new their new card design philosophy, whatever whatever it may be. I don't know because I'm not behind the scenes of Wizards, but uh, there's something definitely going on, and I'm afraid this is going to be the new norm. Thank God I'm not playing Paper Standard anymore. Cause thank God I sold out like two years ago with Standard, and I only play EDH. Cause fuck, man. Imagine playing Paper Standard now. Like if Arena wasn't around and we had Paper Standard now you know, minus the pandemic and all that, how many people would be more pissed off about all these bannings than they currently are? Everybody's like, oh yeah, bannings, bannings. I'm like, you, yeah, you're playing on arena. That's easy, right? Because, you know, you just get wild cards back. You know, that's it. You didn't waste money on the physical cards and now they're worthless, you know? Yeah, I stopped playing, I stopped playing standard a long time ago. I think, I think the last time I played was actually uh, around Cons of Target Block. No, um, around OG Theros maybe? Okay. I think they were close, but some sometime around there. 
Uh, and the reason essentially was like, I was I was playing. I I tend to play Abzan uh, when I'm playing uh, when I played in uh, in standard. And uh, I looked at my cards and I realized like the only non rares were like basic lands. Yeah. Uh, and I realized like I was gonna have to sell this deck as soon as rotation happened. Uh, and the only reason I started playing standard again was because of Arena. And now that I have Omnicat back, uh, and that's that's what I'm gonna say. Like now that I have Omnicat back. Uh, because it was taken away from us, uh, the transition from right. closed to open beta. Um, I, I've essentially become a wholly a historic content. Um, oh historic yeah, that's that's all I play on, on Arena yeah. now is just historic. And it's, it's historic does have problems. Oh yeah, it's just better than standard. Yeah, yeah, and decks uh, aren't going to rotate. Um, they're the card pool is bigger, so you don't have to worry as much about individual cards. But yeah, it's it's just. It, it's it seems like such a conspiracy, but Wizards has made so many errors in the past two or three years that it has to be it has to be someone who isn't connected because like nothing like the people in Wizards haven't changed right like there's there's nothing there's yeah. no reason that the people who have been making fine decisions up until recently have all of a sudden decided to to just destroy a bunch of things at once. Like, a t and it's, not, it's not just the story. It's not just... Uh, and, and it's not just standard. It's other formats. I mean, yeah. shit. I mean, I, I feel like a lot of people have forgotten Companion, right? Like, how busted <laughs> Companion was. I mean, not not counting standard, but just other format. Legacy, Vintage, like how... Wait, wait, are you saying, are you saying me playing uh, Turn 1 Black Lotus, uh, Luris Black Lotus... <laughs> like then you think that's too good. I, I don't understand. Um, right? Yeah, no, absolutely. So many things went wrong. Um, like in a in a single moment that it, it's so hard for me to believe that this was someone internal at magic uh design, like the entire design team, uh, that, that has this happened. Like it, it well, 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 well like let let's say it is the design team, right? Let, let's say it is. It's the my thinking of it, so let's say it is all the design team's fault, right? And this is just you know, tinfoil hat, like we're talking about, I think, so if it is Hasbro not getting involved and it is design team's fault for all this, I think it's because due to either poor management of just not keeping track of what's going on and also pushed uh, timelines as well too, because think of the amount of product that is coming out that they're all having to design for and test and God knows what, because we're having more and more product more than ever in the past couple years every month it feels like there's something new right you know how many supplemental products do we have now you know how how much design and play test and qa has to go in for commander collection you know that's only eight cards right but how much time did that how much time and energy did that eight card collection take away from other people designing for standard right you know that that all that adds up you know all these secret layer drops that adds up to man hours and time away from when they could be focusing on standard or or you know the newest expansion you know i completely agree and i also think that like they they're, they're starting to like suffer from um like like the whole uh ea games or, or uh fifa or whatever uh issues of having yearly releases it, it, Call of Duty as well. Like when you have yearly releases of the same thing, like you're in inevitably going to reach points where the the product are just poorer. So when we have new commander decks every year, 
you know, how how long is it going to take? I mean, for what it's worth, in my opinion, they have already started kind of declining in, in quality. But um, how well, I thought how this year was pretty have? good. Uh, I, I felt this year was way better than last year. I don't even remember this year. It was the the Ikoria decks, the Mutate, the Cathrol. Um, oh I, yeah, no, that was that was fine. That was a, yeah. That was l- last year's were a dud. <laughs> for what it's worth. I think the reason that um, it, it might be starting to get better is because they're tying it into sets. I think tying it into sets makes it yeah. a little bit better because now they're not designing uh, they're not designing the new commander cards um, with like this has to be good in commander in mind or like yeah. a, a kind of a nebulous thing. They now get to say, okay, this is this is the set we know what we're doing in the set. We can add a lot of these cards into these decks. Um, and then how are we going to best play with those? Now, I think that is actually the best the best thing to do. But like they've lost they've lost out on things like plane chase and um, uh, arch enemy. And I I absolutely I don't care as much about arch enemy arch enemy, but I absolutely love plane chase. And oh yeah, like, when was the last time we even got plane chase? What, we, I, we've had two plane chase products. The last one was in like 2012. Yeah, yeah, that sounds about right. Like it's 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 ridiculous and well didn't we get plane chase anthology a couple years ago or, or am I thinking of another anthology? The, the anthologies are just collections of cards they already yeah so like it it exposed more people to plane yeah. chase um but it's it's not like it's not new cards and there have been yeah. new planes there there have been new planes new designs for things and it'd be great to see more of that because once again magic has this fantastic huge multiverse. Um, and you can make some really interesting designs with the planes. Like there are a bunch of planes projects online, but they're not like you know it's different from having the official cards in your. Yeah, it's true, and I feel like we're returning to planes too often too. I mean, I feel like it. We just got. I feel like we just left Zendikar, um, and we're com- coming back to it. Um, Ravnica. I'm I'm so sick of Ravnica by now, um, <laughs> and, and I know that's like everybody's favorite plane. Um, Theros. Yeah, I, I mean, I did enjoy that one, but I, I I want more new planes. Like Ikorian Eldraine was great new planes; they felt refreshingly new. Um, and I want to see more of that. I want to see new planes. What about that Viking plane they keep talking about? Like, I don't I don't even remember the name of it, but it's been mentioned before. Um, I don't know, just new stuff. What do you think about that? I'm I'm generally okay with the pace uh, that that returns and stuff are making. Um, for what it's worth, uh, Oath of the Gatewatch actually came out in 2016. So four, four years ago. Four years. It, that feels like last. That feels like yesterday. <laughs> I wonder. I wonder. Is it wonder. raining outside? Yep, it is raining outside my window right now. Cool. Yeah, um, so it was, uh, shadows and then yeah shadows was Eldrain. 2016 yeah and then after that was yeah Kaladesh so if the, for what it's worth like it, te- it technically wasn't a ton of sets ago like it was it was a decent amount but yeah yeah it, I mean yeah it's it's a bit interesting um I I'm generally fine with it and that's because I do like a lot of the planes. Um, that we already have. Like, I would love to go back to New Phyrexia because I, I love Phyrexians. I don't know if you can tell. Um, well, I also thought we were uh, going to go back there soon, too, because of uh, what happened with Karn in Dominaria. Yeah. We're... It, yeah. Cause... I, think, I think they want to kind of space out their uh, things to... Uh, probably so that they don't have to, like, tie up ends as much. 
like uh, so many people in my community have asked me like what do I think about uh, Nicol Bolas like is he like never going to uh, be back in the uh, in the story and I, I I told them like point blank the the only reason you don't kill characters is because you plan on bringing them back oh yeah not only do I think not only do I think Bolas will be back I think they already know how they're going to bring Bolas back. Uh, they're going to pull like a comic book thing where they'll they'll bring him back because they need his help defeating some evil, and then yep, he's gonna exactly he's gonna get his powers back and be like ha 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 tricked you all like I oh no that and actually just have him merge with Ugin uh, mm. like, like, like I think that would be a nice wrap in their story, um, and then you can use this new character, uh, you know, uh, Ugin Bolas the 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 spe- the the eternal dragon or something like that. i don't know nickel um, ugin this new character who's kind of a melding between the two um who has all the memories of both and then like, you can have these internal conflicts um that aren't truly like the consciousness of bolus versus the consciousness of ugin but just like literal character conflicts of like i am both of these beings i have committed all of these atrocities but i've also done all the good of like the ugin or whatever um so i think it'd be interesting because it would it would really neatly wrap up the the modified story of Bolas of like um, they were twins, they went their separate ways and became very different creatures. They fought yeah. all the time. They literally killed each other um, or trapped each other. Yeah. And then like uh, the 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 gang uh, comes back and says like, "Yo, there's some crazy thing happening. We need Bolas's power, but he's also a terrible person. We, we need his power to defeat Phyrexia for the Phyrexians. Yeah, like, well, we can merge and then like emerge and it's cool. And then like you could have you could have more stories with that character um, because I think. Bolus is Bolus is unequivocally my favorite character. Um, I I don't like some of the modifications they made to him. I thought they made him too much mustache twirling villain. Yeah, um, yeah. His motivations, in in my opinion, especially since uh, the Time Spiral books, was I want to maintain godhood. I will do whatever it takes. But it once in the in the more recent years, they've kind of turned into a uh, I hate everyone. I want destruction. And that that seems to kind of go go against what I understood Bolas to be. But so I really yeah. like the character, and I'm I'm excited to see hopefully uh, them take that route. And I'm almost certain like that's, that's what's going to happen is like we need Bolas's power because uh, that is a huge trope. Um, hopefully, yeah. Hopefully, uh, w- one thing that I when I had a Mishi on uh, last year, I, I was telling her. Um, and I think I even told this to Gavin when I had him on the show that they need to go do a D and D plane for magic where, you know how magic has gone to D and D with the Ravnica book and the Theros book D and D. Now they need to go to a D and D plane, make it a magic, make it a magic set. That would be amazing. Like, like, and it doesn't have to be a standard set. They could do a supplemental set, like something like battle bond or conspiracy or something like that. I would love that. Can you imagine having like a Tiamat planeswalker card or something? That's that's the thing, is that the the biggest issue with that is the uh, the canon, right? You don't want to introduce all of the vast canon of D and D to Magic, and vice versa. You don't want to 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 put all that vast canon of Magic into into D and D, right? It would be really weird um, if you know uh, we go to Eberron and then all of a sudden, you know, technically speaking, Eberron. Uh, this plane with a lot of like interesting uh, uh, technomantic um, yeah. events and whatnot. Phyrexia uh, uh, would like to say hi. Uh, <laughs> you know, like and then of course you have all of the like actual gods um, in the in in Eberron or not Eberron, but uh, in in all of the D and D canon, kind of coming here. Um, so I think it, I think it would be difficult. I would love I would prefer to see it in a large standard legal set, but I think in yeah. in terms of making sure that people aren't upset by. Uh, canon things. 
I think I think having a battle bond like set where you literally see like Jace interacting with uh, uh, Tiamat or or Liliana or, or Dritz uh, or something, a demon from the Nine Hells or whatever, or technically a devil, because that's another yeah. weird thing that devils and uh, devils and demons are opposites in yep. Magic and Um So it would be it'd be interesting to see that type of thing. I I, I agree. I think like you get so many people to just be like, bruh, excuse me, I can now play a commander deck with. Uh, uh, Bay, Bay, ba- Baphomet? No, Bay. Talk about ba- the, the dragon god who hates who hates Bahama. Bahama. Yeah, that guy. <laughs> like you could have stuff like that, um, and like people would be like stoked for that. I think that'd be a fantastic. Oh my gosh, game. yeah, it's I, I I would love it. It's um, because I mean I I don't know if you ever read the Ravnica or Theros books for D and D or anything. I feel like wow. they they are really really well done. I feel um they. Like I've even, I mean, I I've ran one Ravnica campaign. Um, I haven't really done anything with Theros yet, but I've used some ideas from Ravnica and um, and some of the stuff from Theros, and it works great in campaigns for stuff like that. Yeah, they're fantastic, and they give a lot of uh, information for D and D. Yeah, that it, for, for magic, they give a lot of nice magic lore. Yeah, so that Theros book that just came out, um, that was my quote unquote story for Theros Beyond Death because it's like, oh, this is the closest I'm gonna get to some nice lore behind the scenes. Of... It talks about like how the gods feel about each other. Like, yeah, that's awesome information to know. And it talks oh yeah, about why they they feel that way? Like, um, uh, and Erebos like hates Phoenix because of what he represents. Like, yeah. he represents someone getting out of the grasp of the god of the dead um so like that's that's a lot of really interesting cool insights um that it'd be interesting to see like the reverse of that of like this is yeah. how magic characters would or, or how D characters would be portrayed in the context of magic so yeah, I, I do be, think that'd be really interesting it'd be awesome so do you play a lot of D D or anything i i don't play a ton um i've i've ran a few campaigns i've been a part of a few campaigns with uh with merchants uh, and, and and their crew um but uh, I tend to not have a ton of time, unfortunately. Uh, I, I know, I know what you mean. Playing it, um, but I, I'd only really ever be able to play right now uh, during breaks because the PhD programs are work intensive. <laughs> I barely oh, get away with making content on it. So. Oh man! I mean, is it school killing you right now? In time? No, no, it's the first. It's the first few days. Um, yeah. Uh, one of the classes looks like it's going to be difficult. The other one should be fine also it's a it's a math class and i have i love math okay. i like when, i like doing things with numbers once you start adding a bunch of annoying stuff in it i don't like it but yeah. it, oh oh i just i love i love i love the satisfaction of like doing like a huge equation hey hey you know that <laughs> if that's what you're into that's all right i mean it, it's so my day job i'm a network engineer so i oh. uh so I deal with a lot of I, I'm I'm in healthcare, so I deal with a lot of networks and hospitals, outpatient clinics and all that. And um I mean, I, I know what you mean. Like I can geek out just being in a command line screen and just l- l- basically looking at the matrix all day. And yeah. it since I work at home, my wife will come by like, How do you even read all that? I'm like, Oh, but th- this is what this means and da 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 and I, I get so excited and geek out. So I know what you mean. I mean, it's it's what you enjoy, it's what you like. So, you know. It's I'm not very good at math. It's um, <laughs> I mean, it's uh, I mean, I graduated college, you know, just passing whatever basic math I had to do. So it's um, hey, it's what you like, man. <laughs> so you said you're going to school for what again? It was um, 
psychology? Experimental psychology. Experimental psychology? What does that mean exactly? It, it's so my focus is on research. Uh, oh, okay. Okay. Yeah, it, it, it's not the psychology of like, it's not clinical. So the, okay. the two programs we have are clinical or experimental. Uh, I'm in the experimental side because uh, don't tell anybody this. I don't <laughs> care about helping. It's oh, not that shit. I don't to, I'm not old. I'm not new bolus. I don't go out of my way to, to harm people. Uh, but I also, I, I don't go out of my way to help people. Uh, yeah. My goal is essentially, I, I like to learn. Uh, mm-hmm. Very similar to, to bolus. I like to have a large amount of knowledge and to gather essentially <laughs> uh, all information in the world. So I become a, a god. No, um, I, I just really like to learn. So uh, the reason I, I'm going into like uh, experimental psychology is because I want to be able to essentially have the tools to answer mm-hmm. any of my own personal questions. Like if I'm curious about how uh, something works, uh, the reason why certain people forget uh, certain things and, and not others, I want to be able to have the training and the resources to be like, I'm going to set up an experiment and figure this out. Um, so that's that's essentially mine. So when you're doing experimental psychology, like what does that look like for having a job? Like what what is what would you do exactly? Right. So uh, there are three main paths uh, that that I typically see. Um, there's government work, there is industry work, and then there is uh, university. So government work essentially is you you get hired to do some sort of thing for the government. They'll contract you uh, to, for example, uh, I, I work on a human autobiographical memory. So theoretically, uh, I could be assigned to look at uh, post-traumatic stress disorder in in like Air Force veterans or something like that. Like it would be something relatively specific. Uh, they would give me uh, some money uh, and resources, and then I would essentially complete that contract by finding things out. And then if I have further research that I could do in that area, they would likely contract me out for more, and then I would keep doing that. And uh, you'd essentially be doing what the government wants you to do, whatever sector you end up in. Okay. For industry, it's similar, except now you're just working for a, a private business or whatever. Uh, so, for example, um, you know, I, as I said, I work with memory. So it, Google, for example, could um, contract me in order to um, find out the ways that individuals remember passwords. Right. Um, find out uh, ways to optimize that um, for, for human memory for some nice UI improvement. Um, and then the the last one is, um, and for what it's worth, these are like very general overviews. Well, yeah, yeah, I, I figured that, but it's it's nice to see some examples yeah. though. Then uh, the the last one is working for a university or working for some sort of uh, educational. Institution. Uh, typically, you this is the one that you get the most freedom. So the other ones, like you're essentially told, uh, you know, like we are hiring for this contract. You can try to you get it, get it done. Care. Yeah, yeah. Um, and that, that's what you do. Um, but for uh, working at an institution, uh, at an educational institution, you have the most freedom of what you want to research. So I would then be able to say, I want to look at specifically um, nostalgia in geriatric uh, populations, right? Something like that. Um, and maybe how that uh, modulates their healthcare treatment outcomes, right? Something like that. Um, for what it's worth, that's very applied. The only reason for that is because you still <laughs> like to get grants. Yeah. And the government yeah. likes when you have uh, an applied uh, outcome. Um, but yeah, you could you could do something like that. And then the the trade off, the the reason why you're gonna do what you want is because you also keep, you also do um, community things. Uh, you'll uh, what's it called service, I think, um, where you'll uh, you know you'll teach classes, but you'll also um, be on the board of I don't know, um, diversity or something like that, right? Like yeah. You're going to be doing extra things to help the university. Um, so that's why that you get a little bit more. 
So those, okay. are, those are the main things. I personally, as you might be able to guess, uh, I would go for the university just because I would be able to do the research that I want to do uh, because that's that's what I want. Like I want to answer my own. Is that um is that something hard to do uh to get onto a university like that? I don't technically know. Um, okay. The the culture in psychology, especially in research psychology, is changing um, because before it was very very much like based almost purely on publications. I was like, it's like. Uh, how many publications have you had? And what what are, what are the journals you've been publishing in? Um, how often are those things cited? Um, are you uh, publishing in the same place or are you getting like a wide array of publishings? Um, how many uh, uh, how many journals uh, have you on like their their list of uh, reviewers, things like that? It's, it was uh, very um, numerical. Uh, but it seems that there are changes being made uh, such that there are more factors being considered and it's not just, hey, this person has uh, <laughs> a large, I, I'm trying not to use like a jargon, a, a large percentage of research that has been um, published and then used. Uh, that's that's yeah. called something specific, but I'm going to get into that. Um, and now they're, they're looking more at like, um, uh, is this person... Uh, working with a variety of people, um, like, you know, are, are they good at out community outreach? Are they, um, you know, do they apply for grants even if they're not getting them? Like that's that's another thing that has been used in the past is just like the number of grants held. Um, but now it's like, are they at least applying for grants? Uh, you know, how how well are they doing that? Um, what variety of courses they can teach? You know, looking at uh, a bit more things. So I suspect that by the time I enter the workforce, it'll be a little easier insofar as uh, I'm a person who cur like there, there are grad students with me um, who have been published already. Uh, I have not yet. Uh, but by the time I get out, I will hopefully have at least one or two things. Um, but it won't be as bad for me um, compared to my peers who have by the time we get out three or four or five. Um, so I suspect that right now it's it's on the decline of difficult, but it's it's still you know there are still only so many spots um, for yeah. for uh, disciplines in in various places, especially since so my area is uh, cognitive psychology, but it isn't it it is not neuroscience at all. Yeah, <laughs> I I'm not a fan, um, and a lot of departments seem to be uh, moving into a lot more cognitive neuroscience. And uh, it seems, and once again, I'm not an expert, and I had not literally seen every uh, every university's uh, uh, faculty, but it seems like they're kind of letting letting normal cognitive psychology go, just like go away. <laughs> so, theoretically speaking, I might need to have a bit more diverse of a uh, of a content area in order to be a little bit more desirable. But that's fine because what I'm what I'm doing now already has um, some social psychology implications. So, oh wow, that um seems pretty cool um that i mean it's just I, I i love learning stuff like that where um you know especially different field of work and just understanding what you're doing um so how much longer do you have till you graduate um i plan with well, the so i i think i have a graduation date of 2023 uh, okay generally speaking uh Four or five years is the norm, but I have I have uh, um, peers who are on their fifth year 
um, and may not necessarily graduate this year. Um, so it, the the department, uh, at, at least the one I'm at, um, and I, I'm sure this is true in many other places that actually give a crap about their students, um, they they really want to make sure that you're um, you know meeting your your goals and whatnot. Uh, but it's not like a you need to do this or kicking you out kicking you out. Mm -hmm. It's like we're we're investing in you because we believe in you. We believe that you'll be able to go on to do great things. Um, so we want you to succeed. So even if it takes a little bit more time than than normal, um, they're they're very friendly about that. And one of the reasons I chose this. So when you uh, get done and you're trying to apply for a university, where like what universities do you try to go for? What do you look for in them? Um, you know, it. I, I yeah. We'll, we'll start it from there. Like, what do you look for? So, um, generally speaking, uh, you you kind of have to look for the solicitations that are coming out um, because if a, if a university is not hiring, it doesn't actually matter. Um, okay. Also, there, there's another option, and that's doing some postdoctoral work. So once you have your doctorate, you can apply to essentially be a uh, uh, a mentee. I don't know what it's called. Training, I guess. I don't remember. Um, but you can essentially get a mentor, um, and you're you're almost sort of like a fellowship if you're an MD, sort of. Or, or... that sounds that sounds correct. Um, but yeah, like you essentially you apply somewhere. You're not you're not a student. Um, you're still like working on um, on your research and stuff. But you're not like a professor yet. Um, yeah, essentially. So that's that's an option. Um, I have no idea if I'm going to take that option because I'm still a, a few years away. But uh, <laughs> generally speaking, you you look for solicitations, and there's a ton of websites um, that literally just like host like all of the university job openings, and you can sort by a, a few different things. But um, I personally would be looking for um, any any postings that would be uh, essentially uh, cognitive psychology, and uh, if they are specifically looking for someone in memory, that'd be the best. Um, I basically don't care where it is in the country. Like I, I'm originally from Michigan. I've mm -hmm. spent most of my life uh, in Virginia, and I'm now in <laughs> so from the north to the south. Now I'm in the deep south. I'm in Mississippi. Oh, I'm sorry. Ooh, it, it's it's fine. Like it's it's fine. Uh, <laughs> Wait, no, that that um, you're not affected by the hurricane right now, right? No, because that's Louisiana uh, no. right now. Yeah, no. we'll we'll have uh, potentially like high winds and a few storms. But yeah. we're, we, we're not expecting to get any flooding. Oh, that's um, good at least. God, yeah, that's going to hit as uh, a cat four. That's crazy. My issue is that it's hot here. <laughs> it's too damn hot. I'm a person who really likes scarves. Yeah. And gosh, I've not worn a scarf in forever. Um, I mean, oh, I, I know what you mean. I'm in Florida, so I know how hot it can get. So. Hot and humid, yep. Oh, yeah. Um, but yeah, I would, I would be looking for that. And then uh, often you'll get... Uh, you'll, you'll have to like... There's... The job hunt is very, very complicated. But generally speaking, I'd be looking it for sounds someone like it, yeah. That's, yeah, that's looking for uh, cognitive psychology. Interesting. Uh, and then there's a whole process there. Interesting. So, um, I mean, what what really got you interested in psychology? I mean, I know you mentioned before you wanted to figure out some questions you had and all that, but was there something else that really got you down this path? Like, one to... Sure. So, originally, uh, I was planning on going into law. Mm-hmm. Because I love, <laughs> I love to argue with people, uh, and I'm frankly pretty good at it. Uh, all like legit all of my life since probably like middle school. Uh, everyone in my family and, and some teachers even were like, "You should be a lawyer," because <laughs> I'm really good and I love to argue. Um, yeah. 
So that was the plan. And then when going into college, uh, going into undergrad, I had some options of what I wanted to choose as a major. Um, I considered history. Uh, I considered poli-sci. But, like, you know, I, I didn't care. Those were definitely would have been the second ones. Like, it's fine. Um, but I was like, eh, I don't, I, don't, I don't need to do it. So I figure uh, if I'm going to become a lawyer, uh, I don't know exactly what lawyer I want to be. But I, I figured getting an insight into the human psyche uh, would be would be a nice way to go. It would give me a bit of an edge if I wanted to become like a prosecuting lawyer or something, like that, prosecuting yeah. attorney. Um, so that's that's the route I went. Um, and luckily, because I, I went into undergrad with a ton of credits from high school because I'm a huge nerd, um, I was able to take essentially nothing but psychology classes. And one of my classes was the was cognitive psychology, and it was taught by the fantastic Chris Wall. Um, and it was it was just an absolute blast. And I was like, hmm, maybe I don't want to be a lawyer. <laughs> it was I mean it was awesome. And like it was the way he taught was very engaging. Uh, this subject matter I just absolutely loved, uh, utterly adored uh, the the different aspects of cognitive psychology. And I was just like, well. I might, I might just choose to do this, and so I did. <laughs> hey, that sounds good. I mean, do you have, do you think you could ever be a go back to law or anything, or this is it? You're psychologist. I theoretically, I could. Um, not to toot my own horn, but I'm I'm the type of nerd who can essentially learn like anything. But I I am very good at like learning new information. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't necessarily have. A, a wealth of knowledge at the moment, but I, I'm just really good at understanding and picking things up. Mm-hmm. Um, so theoretically, I could. Uh, but the reason, one of the other reasons that I didn't go into law school is because of the way that it's graded uh, essentially is uh, you are graded against your classmates. Now, uh, an analogy I like to use is playing poker versus playing blackjack, right? I'll play blackjack all day long because all I have to do is beat the house. Mm-hmm. And I'm the the type of lawyer I am, <laughs> without without throwing myself under the bus too much. Um, I can beat the house always. I'm I'm good at beating the house. Yeah. As soon as you hit me against the other players, it's it's not going to work because other other players might care a little bit more about maximizing <laughs> their wins. Yeah. Uh, they might be a little bit more invested in uh, maintaining a a perfect score, if you know what I'm saying. <laughs> Yeah. So uh, as soon as I learned that that's the the way that a lot of law schools operate, I was like, uh, it, it's not for me. Like, I, I don't want to be in a situation where, like, I pass by my own standards, but I fail because everyone else passes a lot better. Because I, I, I tend not to care um, how other people are doing. Um, yeah. In D&D terms, for example, I would say I'm a lawful evil person. Um, but a lot of people say evil is, like, bad. But no, it's like I, I don't care if other people are doing better than me. I just care that I'm doing as best as I can, mm-hmm. and I don't care about putting other people down. So I like to add a little alignment extra to D and D, and that is uh, constructive and destructive. So like a lawful evil destructive character would be as someone who like uh, who like goes by a code of laws in order to make the world a better place for them. But the way they do it is by destructing other people, like they're yeah. hurting others. But I'm a lawful evil person, whereas like I you know follow rules and things like that. I have a code. Um, I'm selfish, but it's like the evil part. But the way I do it is not by caring about anyone else. It's just like I'm going to use the, I'm going to use the tricks of the trade uh, to focus on myself and elevate myself as high as I can. Um, so you know, in in pretty much every other situation, I'm totally fine just like doing what I consider my best or being satisfied with my work. 
but if I'm being if I'm being pit against other people who are really trying to, to like knock it out of the park, I'm like I'm over here just like hitting uh, uh, ground rule doubles. I'm yeah. not over here trying to hit homers every swing, right? So I was like, yeah, it's another reason that's not for me. So I'm unlikely to to go back for that. If anything, honestly, uh, I'd <laughs> I would probably go to school for uh, for like I don't know for like art. I like I like drawing, but I'm trash. I haven't drawn in forever, but yeah, things like that. Like, no, I know what you mean. I've got my degree in art, uh, graphic design, and all that, but. You asked me to draw something now. I can't. I used to have. I used to have the talent for it, but nope, not anymore. Anymore. Um. So one question I have. So you saying all that. Um. About yourself. How do you feel like that sort of reflects how you do with content creation? <laughs> so so it's it's very similar. I, in general, I don't really care how other uh, content creators are doing in terms of like making um comparisons, right? Mm-hmm. So um. We'll, we'll use a great example, in my opinion. A uh, shout out to MTG Jeff, or as my community likes to call it, Jeff. Um, we we started out at similar similar ish times, uh, and uh, during my ten thousand special, I think uh, I shout out I shouted out a bunch of channels, uh, and his was one, and he has quickly uh, overtaken me. Um, but it's just like this is this goes back to like the whole lawful evil construction thing. Like it doesn't help me to be like upset about that or anything. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it wouldn't help me to try and like talk crap about him or anything like that. Like he still makes good content. Uh, he's a really affable guy. Um, and so like, I, I kind of just like, don't really necessarily care about how well other people are doing. Um, and instead I'm just like, I just want to make the content that I enjoy making. Um, I, I didn't expect, I didn't expect I would ever pass uh, a thousand subscribers. Yeah. Um, I was once, once the NDA lifted for arena, I was like, I'm playing this game every day. I might as well record it. And I was like in Philly, uh, just in, in a garb in a garbage apartment, um, mm-hmm. and I was playing on my garbage laptop that is that is just slowly dying every day. <laughs> um, and like the audio quality wasn't great, the video quality wasn't great. I was like, I, I'm playing this game literally every day. I might as well just like download OBS and upload it. And I was worried. Uh, I, I made videos in college. And I think technically you can still see a couple of those on my channel. I don't know if I privated all of them, but if it's not privated, I don't mind. Um, but uh, I edited. I tried to edit those videos, and I ended up stopping because I hate editing. I I just can't be yeah, bothered with it. Know what you mean? But uh, a a content creator, Northern Lion. Uh, I I love his stuff. And he just like doesn't edit either. Like he, uh, he he starts to use the OBS pause button, which I'm actually doing now as well. But OBS has a pause button. Yeah. Oh, I didn't even know that. Yeah, I'll pause from time to time now. Oh, Uh, shit. It's great. That's actually (laughs) how I recorded uh, the video for my second channel talking about the cosmetics. Because otherwise, I would have to like edit to show the things I'm talking about. Yeah. Stop um, recording, then start. Yeah. Yeah. I just I just pause. It's great. But oh shit! I'm gonna have to find. I'm gonna have to find that. Nice. Um, that's the reason I stopped making content in college is like I couldn't be bothered with uh, editing. So I was like, well, one of my favorite content creators, Northern Lion, doesn't edit. And people still love his stuff. No, I still love his stuff. And some of the some of the um, some content creators um, also didn't like uh, cherry pick games. Um, but a lot of them was like, I'm going to pick the most interesting games. And often those are the games where the, the person wins. And I'm not bashing that at all. Uh, I think I think that's absolutely reasonable, uh, especially considering I have gotten comments of like, 
you, you, you suck. <laughs> or like, this deck is awful. Because I'm showing what the deck actually is. Yeah. I'm showing how the deck is going to work. Um, yeah, and no deck's perfect. Yeah. And, and so, like, I, I'm really, like, showing, like, hey, if this deck is bad, obviously, I could be making horrible misplays. But you get to see what those misplays are, and you can decide for yourself. But, like, if this deck is bad, I don't want to show you the three games I won out of the 20 games or whatever that I played. I'm going to show you these are the the middle four games that I play in a row. Like, no no stopping. Mm-hmm. This is exactly what um, And that's the type of content I'm interested in seeing, because I, I want to know when the deck is, is losing. Um, so I kind of just decided, like, hey, I'm just gonna make I'm just gonna make content <laughs> that I would watch, um, and and if people like it, cool. If they don't, bite me. <laughs> well, hey, oh, so so, what kind of advice would you give to you know newer content creators out there? Because I mean, let's be honest, with the advent of arena out there, there's so yeah. many new Magic content. It's I don't know who the heck who is anymore. Like you say, MTG Jeff, I don't know who that is. To be honest, and and, and I'll be honest, it's. I don't follow a lot of arena content yeah. creators. It's yeah. I, I, I love playing Magic Arena, but to go on stream and watch it, even though you know I do stream Magic Arena once in a great while, but I stream Paper Magic more than anything. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know who a lot of these arena content creators are, and you know, you say that you know he passed you with ten thousand subs. I'm like, I don't know who it is. You know, <laughs> and, and I'm and I'm not trying to say that as a slight or anything. It's just there's yeah. so many people yeah. out there. Yeah. I, and, and I've I found random arena YouTube channels that have like fifty, sixty thousand subs. I'm like, who the hell are these people? I've never heard of them before. Like, and they're having how many subs? Like, it, it's a, what would you say to new people out there? I mean, it's it it feels more flooded than ever because just a little story. So when I started this podcast back in uh, 2016, um, I mean, there was already quite a few podcasts, and I've seen them all come and go, and um. And, you know, as far as streaming goes, there was a very small amount of people streaming Magic Online back then. And now it's gotten to a point where it's flooded. Um, people are coming out with podcasts, streams all the time. And you, I, I sort of love trying to find newer content creators. But then I, I feel like more than ever nowadays, you got to be more careful of who you like try to pick out and give shout outs to. And, um, and you know, w- when it's just, you know, generic streamer number 52, just doing magic arena, you know, how do you, what do you say to people like that? Like, you, you know, like how do you, how do you, how do you get them to, I don't know, be better or make something more interesting when it seems like everybody's doing the same thing. Yeah. So the first thing I'll say is really decide um, if you want to primarily stream or primarily make uh, videos. And each of those comes with uh, positive, positives and negatives. I mainly don't stream, and I also mainly don't watch. For what it's worth, I, I don't watch streams because I don't watch streams live uh, yeah. because I watch everything at two times speed. Because, as you can probably tell by the speed that I speak at, uh, I just I can't. It's too slow. Um, yeah. So I, I usually don't watch things live. Um, but one of the main reasons I don't stream is because streaming really benefits long, like single long session. Mm-hmm. Whereas if you're recording, you can record. A ton of videos at a time and they just like post them whenever you whenever yeah. you feel like it um but you can also just record daily and that's what i do like i record uh, at essentially a certain time every night and i i upload them i schedule them to be uploaded the next day at noon right um i this is like a, an hour-ish commitment uh daily whereas if i wanted to stream i would have to stream for at least three hours to make sure i'm getting 
like the amount of uh, viewers yeah. that I, like the maximum amount of viewers that I can, because you know people are going to take a while to see your stream, um, even if they follow you. Um, and then there's like the discoverability, like it's going to take a while for someone to decide to scroll down and, and find you. Um, so you ha- you have to be on for at l- at least three hours, I would say. And, and yeah. five. like if you're trying if you're trying to be a streamer, um, I would suggest at least five hours every stream. Um, and and that's just a ton of commitment at a single time. And for a lot of people, they're they're not going to have that. Like you can have a job, even a full time job. And still have you know thirty minutes or so every night to to, to record a couple of games and, and upload them, um, but it's a lot harder to say I'm gonna I'm gonna stream I'm gonna set aside like my entire Saturday when I'm working uh, nine yeah. to five every Monday to Friday like I'm setting my entire Saturday aside to essentially work more, uh, especially during those those early days you're you're not gonna really see what uh, you're looking for. Uh, the, yeah, the you're not gonna have those regular viewers or anything. Yeah. And, yeah. Yeah. The next piece of advice I would say is. Do not expect to succeed at all. Um, oh yeah, and, and I, I tell this not only to magic content creators but anyone who's looking to create content. You need to be making content because you want to make content, and and like to make content. Like it seems like the same thing, but like you have to you have to want to make content, and then you have to like the content that you're making, right. If, if you don't have both of those, you're you're not going to. Uh, succeed because people are going to people are going to tell right if you oh, yeah. if you're someone who just like is is in it for the money which for what <laughs> uh, it, it ain't there um no uh, and it's uh, so but, volatile once you do quote yeah, unquote yeah, get yeah. there too Ooh, yeah <laughs> um, but, but I'll, I'll say the first the first check i got from adsense was around a grand this was like really soon after i got um I got uh, uh, whatever I was able, was able to get paid. Off of, Which uh, kids a thousand may seem like a lot. It's really not. not it's not um, at all. It has. It, it, has it, it that's awesome though that you got paid. You know, like like that was, that was the first one. Yeah, but I have but not broken like three hundred, and oh, I've been dang. well below but I've not broken three hundred since then. Um, yeah, I just no, recently it, it, got my first Twitch paycheck. Um, uh, what was it a month ago? And I mean, it was only a hundred bucks, but, and, and that was cool, but it, you know, that's not gonna do anything for you in the yeah, long yeah. run. Yeah. If anything, it might subsidize the time that you spend in it. And that's, and that's why bit. I say it's so important that, that you want to do it and that you like what you're doing because it, you, you might not succeed. And even if you do, it might not be for a long time. Um, you know, I, for what it's worth, I'm relatively relatively new. I started back up. Oh gosh, I guess I'm not new anymore. Uh, was it? It wasn't 2016. I don't. I don't remember what. No, uh, 2017, something like that. I don't know. I have no idea. My my sense of time is garbage. But you know, yeah. I I've been around for a while. Um, and I've seen I've seen major growth, and then I've seen huge stagnation. Like I've been sitting at uh, uh around like between 12,000 and 14,000 for a long time. Or 1,400. Thousand? No thousand. Um, for a long time, like I got to ten thousand very quickly. Like I was surprised at how quick. Yeah. I've been I've been there for like the rest of the time. Um. So it, it's very sporadic, and it's not always going to be rewarding. And fun fact, people will be mean to you. Yeah. <laughs> like, it, it'll be brutal. Not just um, mean, but, but you'll get some motherfucking weirdos too. Holy shit! I've had some crazy little stalkers before. 
So interesting. It's, um, um, yeah. Luckily, I haven't had too many too many like issues. I have I have had to ban like two people uh, yeah. from from my channel, like block them entirely. Uh, one was a horrible racist, uh, and the other one I think was just weird. Like they're they're they saying like really just weird things constantly. Um, you'll get like weird spam bots and things like that. Yeah, but it's, yeah. It's a lot of work for no reward, or at least a little reward, if your reward isn't I want to do this and I like what I watch. You should for for at least the first like uh, month or so, and for what it's worth, you also need to be really well. Um, for the first month or so, you should watch every video you make. Mm-hmm. Um, even if it's at, like a fast speed, you should watch it. Because if you're bored, or if you don't like it, or if it, if the sound quality is bad to you, or the audio, uh, the the video quality is bad to you, everyone else is going to see that worse because you get the benefit of seeing it through your own eyes, which is uh, yeah. inherently biased. We, we we have inherent bias uh, to to make sure that what we like uh, is is or what we do is is liked more um, yeah. by us. So if you're if you're watching your own stuff and saying, "Ooh, this is not great," people are going to watch it and say, "This is garbage." Um, so you need to, for the first oh, yeah. bit, oh yeah, watch what you're doing and then say, "Okay, how can I change?" Uh, the the next thing is be regular. Um, it doesn't have to be every day. Um, it, ha- have a set schedule and all while, that. Yeah, but just just have like a set schedule. Um, and one of the reasons for this is that it, it means that the people who find you are going to consistently see you. Uh, at certain points, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, YouTube does like um, uh, YouTube, and I think Twitch as well. Really does like having things be set as a schedule on Twitch. Like you can have a little countdown of like, "I'll be on at this point." If people are going to see that and they're like, hmm, "Maybe I'll check this person out when they're live," you need to be on at that point. Yeah. Um, on YouTube, like they'll YouTube will uh, recommend your video if it comes up at the same time. So like if you if you upload every Friday at two p.m. your time. It means that you know people who are watching uh, magic content at that moment, uh, you know, they'll they'll have that recommendation, and then the next week they'll they should have that recommendation as well, uh, because you're being consistent and YouTube sees that the, the algorithm sees that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the God, the Almighty God of content creators. Um, so that's that's one thing, and then it also helps because it allows you to maintain that schedule. Like if you know, hey, I'm going to have a video out every Friday at two you can plan the rest of your day accordingly, right? Like, mm-hmm. uh, let's say you have uh, half days on Wednesdays, right? You can say, okay, that's that's the day I'm gonna record. I can I can set the video to go up on Friday, but that's the day I'm gonna pick out to record. If someone asks me, it's like, hey, uh, can you do this thing on Wednesday? You can just be like, no, I, I have a thing. Because you should treat it seriously. Like, if you really do want to um, be a content creator, you, you have to treat the creation of your content seriously. Um, the next thing is, well, well, how seriously do you think people should treat it? Because there are some people that I've seen just go full ham. Like they try to treat this like a job, you know, a, a business and all that right away when they're brand new and they're mm-hmm. not getting right. anywhere. Then they get frustrated right away. Yeah. So what I mean by seriously is um, essentially like this. It, it, it went from normal hobby to um to output mm-hmm. uh, it's not a job it won't be a job until you until you can comfortably live on just the fluctuating money of whatever service you're using and, and i I'm, I'm putting emphasis on that very reasonable or very purposeful the money fluctuates and you have to make sure that you live not only uh 
like okay like you're not just getting by you're living comfortably with just that money and obviously it's difficult because you have to think in your mind if you're still if you still at a, a normal job um you have to make mm-hmm. sure like okay this is how much i made from this uh this month um this is how much my bills were this is how much like my total expenditure was yeah um so until, until you get close to that point you don't even have to worry about it because it's, it's not a job yet um it's just something that you are you're doing like, this is some output and if you if you want to get to that point you have to be serious enough to say i need to i need to stick to this i need to stick to a schedule but that doesn't mean like go out and buy a fancy microphone um yeah or, or like a new rig or anything um obs is free OBS is great software, in my opinion. That's what um, I've been using since the beginning. Yeah. OBS yeah. and Audacity. And I've had this podcast for four years, so yeah. Yeah, um, you don't you don't need to get um, the best the best anything. You don't need a camera. One of one of the nope. the, uh, the uh, biggest uh, arena content creators is uh, LVD, and he he does not have a camera. He does not use a webcam at all, um, and he's still very much well liked. Um, there's Adam and MTG. I don't know if you've heard of him. He he's yeah. a, he's another arena content creator that has no webcam at all. Yeah, yeah. Like you, you don't need that. I will I will say, audio is relatively important. You don't yeah. have to like splurge. Like I I don't know how much this mic costs. You do not need this. Hey, you can get a, a, a heck no. I even my first mic that I got before I got the Yeti um was like a forty fifty dollar mic, and it had the had the windscreen on it and then I got a pop filter, you know, less than a hundred bucks there. And there are a lot of tricks to do in audacity to make it sound better, to make it sound professional. All you got to yeah. do is just Google. It, it takes yeah. like maybe one to two hours of learning, like how to do EQing and compressing and all that stuff and watching yeah, and, tutorials. And if, um, and for the first like month or so, like if you're not certain that you can stick to your schedule, don't even, don't even worry about getting a mic. Like it'll sound grainy for the first bit, but that's oh, okay yeah. because what you're doing for those first bits is you're you're trying to make sure that you can you can maintain a schedule that you understand like how you're going to speak and, and whatnot. Um, and mm-hmm. then like as long as as long as your your audio isn't just like grainy or garbage, <laughs> uh, then you should be fine. Like as long as you're freaking like audible, you should be fine. Yeah. Um, so yeah, you want to treat it seriously, but you don't want to jump into it. Um, expecting that you're going to make money back or anything like that um you want to uh really like the only the only things that you're going to need uh and, and you can use like um for for thumbnails and stuff it's you there's a bunch of tutorials on that but you legit can just take uh you can go into like paint and then you can you can take the uh, an image from sites like uh the, the site i use is a uh, mtg pics um and you can just download the the file there put it into paint or whatever the new paint thing is, um, and then just like put text on it. It's just like Scarab God or whatever, right? Yeah. Like it, it, it's not, it's not. You don't have to make. Like, no, no, it's not hard at all. Yeah. Because um, uh, as, as long as your content is good enough, you'll have some viewers. And when I say some viewers, I like you'll you'll have a couple of people watching. There are some people who are just like bored and they have nothing to do. That not not to be mean to any of the viewers of my channel. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, but I know what you mean. I know what you mean. Some people want to have that uh, in their downtime. The uh, the next thing that I would say as advice is be yourself. I, I'm i a little bit played up, uh, and I was able to develop a little bit more of that um, mm-hmm. as time went on. But if you actually, if you go back to my earliest videos um, of the the clothes battle, like when I, when I was first making them, um, it's, it's very much like 
so I think here I'm just gonna just gonna do this. Oh, I know exactly what you mean. Yeah, yeah. G- go back and listen to my first few episodes of my podcast. It's like, oh, thank you for uh, listening to you know. I know it's exactly what you mean. So you should you should be you should be a little bit more of a pro- uh, more productive of a self. Uh, pr- be be, like be a little on. You yeah, know, yeah. You, know. uh, you can be a bit more animated, um, but you still need to like be who you are. Like, uh, for example, uh, when I when I open my videos, uh, I'll say "What's up, Planeswalker," um, but I'm not like "What's up, dudes? It's your boy Theoric Six." Smash that like button, bros. Yeah. <laughs> unless, unless that's like your actual personality, don't do that because not only will people tell that it's not your personality, it will wear on you. If it's not natural, oh, yeah. it's going to be hard for you to do right. It, I can I can make uh, my, the the content the way I do now because it's just me cranked up a bit, right? Um, yeah. Uh, when I when I get like tilted or whatever, I'll I'll play it out. I'll just you know I'll, I'll be a bit more animated and stuff. But I'm not like going overboard. It's just how I actually feel. But instead of just being like, <laughs> oh, that sucks. I'll be like, ah, oh, come on, that sucks. Oh, that sucks. I, you know, just just add a little yeah. bit more in there. Like, you'll be who you are. Um. I, I will say, and this is this is unfortunate. If you don't have a reasonable voice, you, people just might not like. Um, unfortunately, that's like the that's the fact of the matter. Uh, this uh, theoretically, I, I have seen some channels uh, that have literally no voiceover or no mic. I don't suggest it because then it's not. It's very hard. Like you're not going to have a community because people yeah. people are just like looking at the gameplay and they're not they're not seeing or or hearing uh the you and and you really do want people to stick around for the you but if unfortunately um and of course this is this is an issue for people with uh, thick accents um but it, some sometimes your voice just isn't out for it and people will just not not listen because of that um there yeah, there are it's some unfortunate have, yeah there are some people who have really nice voices and there are some people who unfortunately don't uh, I have been blessed with the voice, <laughs> uh, but you know it, it's it, sometimes, sometimes it's bad. But but you shouldn't if if you have a voice that you think is a little abnormal or you have like a thick, oh uh, yeah, you got a thick accent. You know, um, I have no idea what I was trying to do there. But you know, you have a thick uh, accent, yeah. uh, <laughs> like an Irish <laughs> Scottish or something. <laughs> if you had the chance to change your feet, would you? Uh, but no, if, if you have, like, um, don't just immediately say I'm not going to be able to do this. Uh, you know, you can start off in that that uh, first period before you get a mic or whatever, and you just you just you know find who you are, do this for a, a couple months, and see if if some people are around, um, and and if if there even 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 if there's a single person who watches like all of your videos and they they leave a comment on all of your videos, and it's just like that one person who's leaving a like, that often is enough. As long as as long as you still like what you're doing, um, yeah, and it, it's not like it's not an issue for you to keep going, you can keep going for that one person. You can chat with that one person, um, and sometimes that person will share it with their friends. Um, YouTube will randomly uh, um, suggest you, and, and you can you can get stuff like that. So um, no, I I like you mentioned that because it, it's true. Um, a lot of times, 
you know, newer content creators, especially when they're making stuff like, oh, why am I not getting the views? It feels like, you know, you're screaming out into the void. It's true. It's like it, you look at my YouTube channel. I've got nothing. I, I, I really don't care about my YouTube channel because my focus is mainly on audio downloads. Like you look at my audio downloads, it's they are really relatively decent for my size. Right. You know, anywhere from between one to two thousand downloads per episode, which is pretty decent. So. Um, but you look at my YouTube, it's like five to 10 views, but I've got a few dedicated listeners that would rather watch my YouTube than listen to my audio. So I'm like, that's why I'm doing it for them. Yeah. You know, it, I, I don't care otherwise it's, but you make a good point there. Like if there's one person listening to it and you know, they give you good feedback, it, it's worth it. It, you, it makes you feel so good that yeah. it brings joy to people out there. Yeah. And that, that leads really nicely into my last piece of advice, which is um, understand what is feedback and what is the internet. So um, <laughs> especially, especially early on, you might get people saying your audio sucks. Or they could, they could, they could, they could say that in much worse ways, but I'll, I'll stick yeah. to that. Um, and what you have to like be able to do, and hopefully you'll get better with this as time goes on, but you'll have to be able to separate the um, the the advice in that statement and the, the the way it was said on the internet, right? So it's possible that you know this is this is during your your period before you end up deciding to get a, a new microphone or whatever. Um, once again, relatively inexpensive microphone um, and modifying your audio quality, but um, you'll have to understand like. If it's going coming during that time, just be like, okay, look, I understand. That's that's fine. I plan on waiting a little bit, and I'll I'll up my audio in a bit. If it comes after that, respect that. Um, they might be hearing something different than than you might. So you might want to like send it to a friend or something and say like, hey, can you listen to this? Does this sound fine? Um, because sometimes, uh, you know, it's possible that there's a hiss uh, that you're not hearing. Uh, yeah. Or audio is crackly on a certain volume that you might not be used to. Um, for example, I don't like playing uh, other than music. I don't like having volume very loud, yeah. despite the fact that I, I like yell speak. Um, <laughs> so if you're if you're a similar type person, you might not hear uh, graininess or anything in in an audio below a certain threshold until you get until you get to the threshold, and then people are like, "Why is this sound like uh, he's he's going into the microphone?" Right? Yeah. Um, so, so that's that's one type of thing, and then uh, there's going to be things that are outside of your control, right? Like um, you could say, like, why you, you you might get just like, why are you playing this garbage deck? You suck. I don't suggest trying to be like a variety uh, deck player for the first bit. My my first uh, videos were. I, I had like the same. I, I had three days where I played the same deck. So I'd play zombies. I'd play bolus, uh, and I, I, there's there's one other deck I think I played consistently. But I was able to to use those as like my mainstays, so that I didn't have to um, spend a bunch of money uh, on the front end. And then I had a couple other days where I would make uh, other deck videos. But even then, like I didn't worry about making sure they were perfect because if nothing else, I could just be like, hey. This is the type of thing. And if you're making one one or, or, or videos that aren't daily, it's even easier to do, right? Because uh, making, you know, you have one sta staple deck and then you play uh, 
variety every other time, but even if it's not a huge variety, like um, let's say instead of doing it on Fridays at two, uh, you upload at Tuesday and Thursday at two, right? Yeah. The Every Tuesday, it's the same deck. You just you're playing the same deck. And then every Thursday, um, you could either have a rotation of other decks that you let play or, you know, you try to build a new deck or uh, you could even stick it to Popper, right? You could just have a new Popper deck. Even if you have to do uh, games with your friends in order to record, that's that's still fine. Like there's there's potentially going to be an audience for that. Um, and sometimes people are going to be like, why are you playing this garbage? And you have to recognize that's what I'm playing. Like this, there's nothing I can do about it. Yeah, um, that's, that's how it is. Um, and then sometimes, and hopefully this isn't too often, people are just going to be mean. It it happens. Um, people will will call you names. People will uh, just denigrate your gameplay or um, or just like tell you to quit, give up, uh, tell you that you're too small or whatever. Um, essentially, laugh at those people. And the reason I say laugh at those people is because if you're doing this for you, you shouldn't care about your numbers. Um, or at least let me let me rephrase that. It, it, it shouldn't hurt you to yeah. to have whatever numbers you have. Your your main focus, your your main uh, desire uh, for your video should be. I enjoyed making this, and I enjoy what it is. Right? If you're still in the uh, in the period where you should be watching all your videos, you're saying I I'm actively enjoying watching this. Um, or if you're past that, saying I am proud of what I put out there. Um, that is the number one that that you should do. Um, and then anything else, gravy. Or if you don't like gravy, uh, uh, frosting. If you don't like frosting, I put Vegemite <laughs> on it. I don't know. But. You know that that should be the main thing, and you you, you have to try and let uh, or not let those people uh, get you down, saying that you're you're worse than than, than others and whatnot. Um, and then, no, and uh, and you know even when you do have negative comments like that, you know they watched your video, they true, they right? gave you that click. Because a a dislike, I, I believe this is still the case. A dislike on a YouTube video is worth the same amount of engagement as a like. Yeah, a comment on a video, even if it's a mean comment, is still the engagement. And and what you really want to see for YouTube algorithm is engagement. That's like all the algorithm mm -hmm. cares about. Like people were engaged with this video, so if they comment, one thing that I like doing is that if I if I have a, a comment that's just negative, luckily I haven't had many recently. Um, I'll I'll just say thanks for the YouTube engagement. Now they like now they're gonna. <laughs> uh, uh, send me to more people i love it also like if someone comments on your video youtube is going to show them your videos <laughs> that's that's how Ooh. it works YouTube, youtube shows you what you engage with so if someone comments on your video they're just going to see they're more just going to see it more oh that that that's you, funny you have hate watchers. like there are oh yeah oh yeah just like to watch things that they hate and then immediately like, dislike it like, yeah leave bad comments is, that's still engagement it and still helps you will drive you to other people who might like it. So you can kind of just like laugh. And, and that's why I was saying that you can laugh at those people who are like, ha ha ha, you're playing into my hand. Um, yeah. And then of course, uh, it, you should absolutely have a list of words that are just blocked. YouTube has a system for that. Uh, I have words that are just blocked. Um, there are some words that are like um, marginal, but generally speaking, I, I'm okay. I'm, I'm okay with the marginal words just because I, I don't want to be too harsh, but those yeah. marginal words, for what it's worth, those marginal words can be used fine um you you know what the marginal words aren't uh, you also know what the marginal words aren't for you um so for example i like the australian c word 
I have no idea if it's okay to say on here, so I'm not going to. No, um, yeah, no, not, no. Yeah, that's, 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 <laughs> I use that word a lot, and I'm fine with it. And mo- most of the people might, uh, I think everyone in my community is fine with it. Um, but for some people, they're not going to be fine with it. And if, if you're not fine with certain words, even if they seem um, they seem mundane to other people, who cares? It's your channel. You're allowed to be like, all right, this um, uh, spaz, I think, is one. Uh, that a lot of British people, a lot of uh, English people, really don't like because it is essentially only used to talk about uh, individuals with specific types of mental impairments. Um, here, it's it's a little less so. It, it still has that connection, um, but it's it's definitely one of those those like line words. Um, yeah, it depends on how it's being used. Um, often, often here, especially now, it's it's more just like someone who is overly high energy and and a bit um, a bit erratic uh, in their behavior. So for, for many people, it's not a big issue, but for some, it could be. And if, and if you think that word is something you don't want to see, put it on the list. And you should feel no issue um, with, with having a word on a list um, that, that you're uncomfortable with or, or whatever like that. Um, because at the end of the day, no one wants to be called something uh, <laughs> that, that makes them feel bad. Yeah. Um, so. Um, no. That's some good advice there. One more. A lot of it's luck based too. Oh yeah, yeah. We we briefly mentioned that so much luck as well too. But um, I think that is going to be about doing it. Um, it is getting a little late, and I know we had a little bit of a cutoff time, um, for you. So um, (laughs) (laughs) no, I just want to respect your time and all that. Um, so yeah. So, um, where can people find you? Should they want to find your content, reach out to you, and all that? So, uh, I'm a terribly dumb person uh, who has <laughs> one of the hardest things uh, to to say and type uh, in in things. But you can find me uh, at uh, YouTube, Twitch, and Twitter. Um, dot com slash Theric Six T H Y R I X S Y X. And I will make sure to have links to that in the show notes below, everybody, too. Okay. Um, if you like pictures of flowers, you should check out my Instagram, which is, uh, I think it's Justin, Justin Tebow eight, I, like legit, okay. other than like one picture of, uh, uh, poutine. Uh, it, it's just, it's just flowers. <laughs> it's just, it's just botanical stuff. I, I like how flowers look. Um, I'm like goth on the inside, but I still yeah. love flowers. <laughs> so, hey. um, if you're interested in flowers, check that out too. Hey, you know, hey, you're into what you're into, and that's okay. <laughs> All right, so I want to thank you again for coming on. I had a really good chat. Um, really enjoyed the psychologist stuff because it's, it's um, no, I'm being serious because it's there's I don't know about any of that stuff, right? It's like I could sit here and talk to you about networking, you'd have no idea what I'm talking about too, and um, but I enjoy learning about what other people do and go through and all that. So, um, you know, it may not be the most exciting content for listeners, but hey, I enjoyed it. So you know what, that's. Like we were talking about before, I enjoyed this conversation and I'm going to be happy about putting this out to people. So there'll be people out there that likes it as well. So yeah. no, I really enjoyed being on. Thank you. Uh, thank you so much for having an outlet where I could yell about magic. <laughs> oh, hey, it's any anytime, man. Anytime. If, if you want to come back on, I'd, I'd love to have you talk more. Um, I, I really enjoyed the talk about the cosmetics. It's I never really thought about it in that aspect of more cosmetics and trying to subsidize that for making it easier to get cards it, it makes a lot of sense I, I i never really thought of it like that and i'd be a hundred percent down for that i'd be spending way more money in arena than i am currently yeah, yeah, for sure. that but um thank you again um hope you have a good night and uh, i will talk to you soon all right thanks for having me and uh, au revoir <laughs> all right have a good night
Hey everybody, hope you all really enjoyed that conversation as much as I did. I really, really, really wish I had more time to talk to Justin. It was, I felt it was such a good conversation. He was really awesome to talk to and I could have kept going. There, there was more and more stuff I wanted to say and talk about and discuss, but alas, there is not enough time in the world and I do honestly want to try to get him on again and just continue that conversation down the road and just keep going uh so hope you all really enjoyed the episode uh be sure to check out justin's content give him a follow uh check out his youtube uh, check out his twitter and all that check out his instagram with flowers and stuff if you really like flowers so uh thank you again justin for coming on really appreciate it and hope you all have a great night thank you